Hello and welcome to another On The Hoof podcast. In this episode, we will be looking at Yoni's disease accreditation in the premium sheep and goat health schemes. I will be chatting to Dave Wilson, health schemes veterinary manager. Hello, Dave. Hi, Alison. So I'll kick off uh, the first question. How do you qualify your flock or herd uh, for the Yoni's accreditation scheme? The um, it involves both testing and having um, a compliant health plan in place. Mm -hmm. um, so um, for the accredited risk level program, which is what we're talking about now, it's 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 equivalent to the the Czechs cattle Yoni's risk level program, mm -hmm. and um, for the sheep and goats, that's testing everything twelve months of age and older on an annual basis. So uh, obviously to start off, that's your first test, everything 12 months of age and older. There are um, biosecurity and other requirements, which we'll, we'll hopefully come on to later, which will be addressed in a, in a health plan so that there needs to be a compliant health plan in place, um, which the, the vet and the owner signs for and submits the, the, the signed declaration to us. Um, and if there have been any UNIs positives um, in the last 12 months, they should be declared at that point as well. And they'll, they obviously count towards that first test. So, um, yeah, it's getting the biosecurity, the health plan in place, doing the first test of everything over 12 months of age. Um, and and that's, how, that's how you get started. And just remind us what blood tubes we need to use, Dave. Uh, yes, it's a clotted blood sample, so uh, so red top tubes, uh, the ones without gel are, are best for us uh, in our uh, labs at the moment. So standard red top tubes um, for um, uh, milking units, um, an individual milk sample is an alternative sample, um, <clears throat> and that can be uh, just a straight replacement for a, a, a blood sample on a, a, a whole. Um, flock or herd test or um, uh, accreditation uh, or risk level accreditation can be based on quarterly individual samples from animals contributing to the, the, the tank um, plus blood samples from any animals that have not been uh, captured in, in that way on, on an annual basis. Um, it's it, uh, it, it's not commonly done in the sheep and goat scheme uh, yet, but it's certainly an option. So probably if uh, if there's a dairy goat or sheep unit that's wanting to do it that way, I'd probably encourage them to give us a ring here at, at St. Boswell's and we can we can discuss the requirements going forward. Hmm, that's, that's worth knowing. Thank you. So aside from sampling, what is the importance of the health plan? The... Um, obviously, the, the sampling is um, a kind of test and cull approach uh, on an annual basis. You know, positives are identified and, and removed. Um, and uh, also, that if they have, um, if females have offspring that um, are, are at foot at the time that they are identified as positives, they need to be removed um, as well and, and not sold for breeding. Um, the thing with urine is, um, that makes it tricky is that most infected animals 
particularly ones that look healthy, well, test negative in either test. Um, and so um, test and cull on its own is, uh, is useful, but limited. Mm -hmm. um, the tests are very good. We, um, the, the serology, picking up Yoni's antibodies and the PCR test at picking up um, MAP uh, nucleic acids in feces. They're very good at what they do. When there are antibodies there or uh, shedding in the feces, they pick them up reliably. Um, but particularly animals who are not actually in clinical disease, in, in, in preclinical animals, uh, which are the ones we're really testing in the health scheme, there's only a minority of animals that would have detectable antibody levels or that are actually shedding um, bacteria in, in, the, in the feces. So no matter how good the tests are, um, the, the, as I say, there's, there's only a minority of animals that you will pick up with these tests. So that's why we have a kind of we have a risk level system where the, the confidence in the in the low risk of the flock or herd is built up over a number of years rather than a single annual test. Or, um, <clears throat> and that's why we're not seeing accredited free of unis or anything. What we're doing is we're giving an indication of the likely risk of infection of the animals being sold from, from this flock or herd so that purchasers can, can make an informed decision about the, the likely risk uh, of, of buying in animals. Um, <clears throat> it also means that um, controlling spread, particularly to, to, to uh, lambs and, and kids, is really important, uh, a really important part of being successful in, in, in driving your risk level down and, and, and controlling unis. So that's primarily uh, hygiene at um, lambing and, and kidding. So it's avoiding fecal contamination um, because fecal oral spreads the main way that, um, that, that young stock become infected and young stock are the most susceptible. So uh, a very important part of the health plan is um, addressing fecal contamination and hygiene um, uh, around parturition. And then there's also other aspects of biosecurity, um, contact with, um, with non-accredited animals uh, or their um, slurry, etc. cetera, um, <clears throat> and uh, boundary biosecurity. And also uh, in the health plan should be what you do when you identify a positive animal. So a positive animal is one that tests positive on a, on a milk or blood sample uh, initially. Uh, if that blood sample is a borderline or if, if you have a milk sample positive, then uh, they can be resampled by blood and uh, a negative result may clear that animal if, it's, if it was initially a borderline blood, blood positive. Um, equally, um, if there's a relatively low um, number of positives in the flock or herd, then they can be um, resampled by fecal PCR. And uh, a negative result would um, mean that animal counted as negative in the, in the flock or herd test. Although we generally uh, recommend that you don't retain those animals for breeding anyway, and that they, they obviously they can't be sold for breeding if they are blood blood positive. So isolating positives, retesting if necessary, removing um, offspring of um, positive females that were at foot, um, and uh, how you manage um, those animals is, is, is an important part of the health plan as well.
Thank you, Dave. Uh, just to remind people that the health plan and other forms, including the application form and submission form, can be found on sheepandgoathealth.co.uk and there is a specific quick page um, for vets as well. So Dave, once your client has joined the Yoni's accreditation scheme, how do they maintain health status? Yeah, so so they um, they need to um, uh, maintain um, uh, compliance with the rules of the scheme, including biosecurity, and um, I think we'll come on to added animals uh, shortly. And um, it's an annual test of all animals over 12 months of age. Um, in addition, if there's any uh, animals that uh, become unwell during the, the year that where unis is a possibility, um, we ask that the private vet uh, assesses the situation. If unis is not considered a, a likely diagnosis, that's that's the end of it. If, if unis is a possibility, then um, the animal should be tested um, in whatever relevant way, blood, feces, or, or post-mortem, um, and the, any positive results obviously reported to us. So investigating any clinical disease during the year is important. Maintaining the health plan and the biosecurity and um, uh, the, the annual testing. So um, to progress through the risk levels, uh, testing must be annually. Um, you can't um, uh, test it less than a year and, and progress mm -hmm. quicker through the risk levels. So it's annual testing. Although if um, you know if if a flock or, or herd has a, a, a higher level of urines and wants to address it quickly, then we have some that, that do six monthly testing, um, which is absolutely fine. You can do that through the scheme, but the, but the year risk level won't change uh, other than annually. So we operate a risk status similar to the Cattle Health Certification Scheme. Uh, can you explain how this works, Dave? Yeah, sure. The, um, the, there's a risk levels from risk level five up to risk level one, with risk level one being the lowest risk and risk level five being the highest risk. So um, when uh, a member does the annual test, if they have a clear test, and that's their first or second clear annual test, they would be risk level two, provided mm -hmm. that the health plan's in place and everything else is, is compliant. So a clear test is um, no positive animals or any positive animals have been retested according to the rules as, as we've described and have been subsequently classified as, as not positive. So any positive animals that have not been subsequently retested according to the rules um, will obviously men keep being counted as positive and, and count against the, the, the herd test. Um, so if you have a clear test, you would be risk level two. Year later, second clear test, risk level two. And then if you've had three clear tests at annual intervals, uh, you get to risk level one, which is currently the currently the, the lowest risk of um, uh, of unis that you can um, present as your certified risk risk level. If you do get positives, so either blood positives that aren't further tested or uh, blood positives that are subsequently positive on fecal PCR, 
then whether your risk level three or four depends on um, the uh, proportion of animals that are, that are positive in the in the test. So if there are uh, three percent or fewer positive animals, um, then you would be risk level three. If there are more than three percent of the animals tested are, are positive animals, uh, then you're risk level four. And uh, a risk level five means that you're in the scheme doing testing, but not following the full rules of the scheme. And in that situation, you would be classified as a, as a risk level five. That's really useful to know. So on the subject of vaccination, if your client vaccinates for yonis, what can be done in that situation, Dave? Yeah, I mean, vaccination can be um, important in, uh, in in controlling disease and, in, in, you know, in some flocks, um, closed flocks, you know, um, and flocks where uh, prevalence is, is relatively high uh, in, initially. Um, so, yeah, you, uh, I think UNIS vaccination is obviously one for clients to discuss with their private veterinary surgeon because there are arguments for and against it can affect marketing animals etc so uh, certainly one to discuss with a private vet um, if um, unis vaccination is uh, performed then a lot of those animals are likely to test positive on a unis blood test yeah. um, and it is possible to still be a member of the of the scheme and get an accredited risk level um, but the testing needs to be by um, fecal pcr and it, it's in the uh, the scheme rules that that can be done in um, in pools of up to five. So um, we'd ask that fecal samples um, are submitted individually um, in pots, not gloves, please. Mm -hmm. And then the the pooling is done at the lab. So. It, um, if if pooling is done on the farm, we obviously don't know how much of each sample has gone in because the, the, the way that, that we do it in, at the molecular lab at SIUC is that individual samples are processed and then pooled, which makes, um, we believe it, a, a much more sensitive approach rather than pooling a sample and then processing it. Pooling the samples means that it brings the cost down to, to, to kind of comparable with blood samples. It certainly reduces the overall cost compared to individual PCRs. Um, the, the one issue is that the charge for the, 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 um, the pooled PCR uh, would not include then testing individual members sep uh, of that pool separately if you have a positive. So if there is a positive pool and the five individual samples that made that pool need to be tested separately, um, then that would be an additional charge on top. So if you have a large no number of positives, um, that does increase the, the cost of testing in, in, in that way. So it's it's something to, to think about, but um, particularly if you have, you know, a few vaccinated animals uh, in a flock or a herd, uh, as long as they're identified on the submission form and we get fecal samples for those animals, um, there's no reason why, um, you know, that uh, flock or, or herd can't go on to, to get a risk level. That's really useful information to know um, regarding pooled samples. So when you're adding animals or your clients adding animals to the flock or herd, um, it's obviously a risk. So what are the protocols um, that we use to reduce this risk? 
Yeah. Um, it is a risk, and that's um, it's an important point, more so in unis than, than any of the other diseases that we deal with, really, um, because um, you, uh, even if you test by blood and fecal PCR, uh, you're going to miss a lot of infected animals. Um, with the particularly the blood test in sheep, it, it, it's even less sensitive than, than cattle, it seems to, to be. So that, um, yes, you can... The, the best advice is, is to source R1 animals. And, and, and if you buy in R1 animals, you don't need to do any of the testing, although you might decide that it's prudent to do some. And obviously, you've got quarantine and testing for other diseases to think about. Um, if it's not possible to source R1 animals, and you know the scheme's building up, but the, you know it, it is difficult to source R1 replacements some, sometimes, then... Uh, a risk level lower than that um, obviously has increasing risks as you go up the numbers and, and non, uh, non-member, non-accredited animals are obviously an unknown risk and potentially high, higher risk. Mm-hmm. So it is possible to add those animals. They need to go into quarantine. They need to have negative results on both blood and fecal PCR. Um, and they need to be obviously included in um uh, they need to be tested annually ongoing from that. It's it's possible, and we didn't mention this yet, but R1 flocks and herds that have uh, been at R1 for three years can go on to two-yearly testing, um, provided that um, any animal, any after the first 12 months, any animals culled or... Um, Leaving the leaving the herd need to be um, tested by uh, blood and PCR. Well, blood take a PCR fecal sample in case it's positive. Um, however, any added animals that have been brought in need to be done annually, along with those kill animals. So it's possible to do, but it is a risk. So I think it's just we have to make it possible because it's impractical in in, in a lot of situations not to have some aborted animals mm. so um it's a question of trying to source low-risk animals um obviously r1 is ideal but if that's not possible um you know um trying to get a good history of the, of, of the flock of origin um by other methods um is is, is better than nothing um but any even if they test negative in quarantine there's still a potential risk, uh, particularly if other animals from that source flock or herd have ended up testing positive. You need to consider any other animals from that source as, as, as high risk. Um, so, yes, it's possible. You need to try and uh, minimize the risks as much as possible. Obviously, some situations you can run a pretty much closed unit. Um, other ones, other situations you you can't. So, um, uh, yeah, we just need to mitigate that risk as much as possible. Okay, thank you. So, as well as testing over time, what biosecurity must be followed um, by a client, a member of the Yoni's accreditation scheme? Yeah, um, there's um, mandatory and discretionary health plan and biosecurity requirements that need to be um, addressed when uh, by, by members. Um, the 
discretionary requirements e either need to be met or it needs to be outlined in the health plan why that particular um, um, action is not being taken um, on that on that unit. So uh, we've mentioned what how you separate your antibody positive animals and you remove them and 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 their offspring at foot. Um, you uh, it, you and his, uh, or, or MAP bacteria are, are very persistent in the environment. So if there's been a positive or animals of unknown status um, on uh, a paddock, it needs to be a full 12 months before you can put your um, accredited scheme uh, animals on there. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, discretionary elements, um, as they, they're available in the, in the rules and, and, and on the paperwork. Um, but addressing fecal contamination, that partition is, is you know, lambing and kidding, putting down um, how hygiene um, is, is, is going to be improved at, at, at that stage is very important. Um, obviously, feeding feed and water delivery should be free of fecal contamination. Uh, if the, um, when, they, when the animals are at grass, um, it's advisory that you, they're supplied with mains water whenever possible. Obviously, in, in the extensive hill grazings, etc., it's not always going to be possible. We accept that. But where, where it can be, the running water and standing water is, is a big uni's risk. So, mm -hmm. so mains water where possible. Fencing off uh, natural water sources, again, where possible. Um, things like um, rabbit control, um, avoiding co-grazing with, with other ruminants where possible. Um, uh, and um, also, uh, if you get a positive, removing more than one of their previous offspring is an advisory rule, although it's, on, it's only that, uh, that, that any offspring at foot that's compulsory. There needs to be um, no contact with surrounding animals. There's no strict requirement for a, um, a one or two meter gap in the uni scheme as there would be in the MV scheme or um, uh, the, the, the cattle scheme uh, for um, other diseases. But um, yeah, boundary biosecurity to avoid contact with surrounding, uh, surrounding animals. And uh, also at um, shows and sales and similar, mm -hmm. UNIS um, does allow uh, if the animals away for um, a week or less, they can return to um, the uh, flock or herd of origin um, without having to, to retest, provided that, that they've had no contact with animals of a lower status or with um, the um, fecal contamination from animals of a lower status. So if they've been kept isolated from other animals and their, um, and their feces uh, for less than a week, then they can uh, go back into the, into the um, flock or, or herd uh, and maintain their status. Yeah, just before I finish, just a, a point of clarification, which, which I hope might be very useful. We've been talking today about the... Um, what we call the UNIS accreditation scheme. It's the accredited risk level scheme where you test everything by blood and you get risk level 4321. 
um, we also run the uh, UNI's monitoring scheme, and that is for flocks who are not able or herds that are not able to meet the requirement to test everything, uh, to test all adults, uh, but want to get uh, to monitor, to get an idea of what the likely risk from UNIs is or to, to pick it up as an early warning if it, if it appears. Um, and um, similar to, I think we discussed the Mighty Vista monitoring scheme previously, um, the, the UNIs monitoring scheme involves testing 12 or 20 um, targeted animals depending uh, on the size of the, um, the the flock or herd. Um, and they're selected for being thin or poorly productive, for example, cull ewes. Um, the important point there is that given the poor sensitivity of the blood test for detecting infection, particularly in sheep, um, the UNI's um, monitoring scheme is based on fecal PCR. So we it's based on fecal samples that are pooled and run by PCR uh, on an annual basis. So we we have the, the, the rules for the monitoring scheme is, is separate. Again, if you're taking 12 or 20 blood samples um, for, uh, from targeted animals for uh, MV monitoring, yeah. uh, you could also take uh, fecal samples if you wanted to uh, monitor them for, for unis and, and get a monitored one year, two year, three year status um, for, for unis monitoring scheme. Occasionally, we, we do get people sending in uh, monitoring blood samples and asking for unis, but they haven't taken the fecal samples. Um, so if you uh, if you could remember the uh, the accreditation scheme where you test all adults, the, accredita the accreditation scheme where you test all adults um, is based on, on a blood sample. But if your uni is monitoring a, a limited number of targeted uh, animals, um, that's fecal PCR for, for the unis. So again, um, at least um, five grams, uh, ideally 10 grams, and uh, in a in a pot um, individually submitted, and, and we'll do the pooling at the lab. Thank you, Dave. That is useful to clarify the two schemes for Yoni's disease. We hope that our listeners have found this useful, and don't forget to listen out for future episodes of our On the Hoof and also our special episodes for health schemes. As you know, we're available on various podcast platforms such as Spotify, and we look forward to another podcast soon. Thank you, Dave. Very good. Thank you. Thanks, Arthur.